0: You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Put down $5 on any game that you got and you know, or any NFL game you win, guess what? You get $200 in free plays. Doesn't get much better than that. Joined by the great one John Schuster. I'm merely Mike Luke. By the way, I love your background right there, shoe. It's fantastic. It's uh it's better than what I what I was utilizing there. That's for sure. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we're uh, off to a fine start as far as that's concerned. Maybe that will rotate from time to time. We shall see, as they like to say, as the season progresses. As the season progresses. Okay, so we got Bob in here saying great to
0: see you, Shu. And so let's get started here. First and foremost, Arizona wins 96-50. to 50. Now, New uh, Eastern New Mexico isn't good. The only thing notable about them is that Dana Altman is a graduate from there. I but- noticed that, yes. Yeah, but other than that, there's not. Th- we're not going to talk about them. We're going to talk about Arizona. Arizona wins 96-50, to 50. and honestly, Shu, you and I were talking about before we came in here, this just felt like a different brand of basketball that we were watching out there.
1: It took about two possessions to generally get <laughs> the idea that uh, Arizona is going to approach this. Uh, the Tommy Lloyd era of Arizona was going to be a significantly different than uh, what we've seen before. And that's nice. I mean, from an entertaining aesthetic standpoint, I think that's a good thing. Well, the fact of it is Arizona did very well, right? They did it against inferior competition in an exhibition game, but it looked like their preparation was good in terms of what it is they ultimately wanted to accomplish. Their ability to fill lanes, some of the relatively simple plays they wanted to run, taking advantage of mismatches as they came up. It looked like Arizona got, People on the f- parts of the floor that they wanted to be to take advantage of offensive situations. And that was a uh, very impressive to see. <clears throat> Offensively, one of the things they did as well was utilize defense to go to offense, which is something we didn't see much at all in the previous regime. I think you could argue that tonight we saw more fast breaks uh, than perhaps we did uh, in the 12 previous years at this school, and that might be a a very good sign. Arizona did a really good job of a rebound and find the outlet, fill lanes, and try to take advantage of numbers in a fast-paced game uh, and a fast-paced approach that was uh, very entertaining to watch. And if they can parlay dues into this, Wildcat fans are going to be pleased.
0: Yes, and honestly, Shu, I think you hit the nail on the head in that they turned defense into offense. It wasn't, well, let's get the stop, and then we can try to run. It was almost like there was no stoppage in there. Okay, get the ball, now move. More so than anything, though, this was a team where everybody looked comfortable to me. This was a team where, you know what, this is what we're going to do. We're going to run. We're going to run. We're going to get up and down. The spacing was fantastic. Now, I don't know if that's going to be the case when they play better teams, but nobody looked to be in the way. Nothing really looked clogged. Everybody kind of looked to understand their role. It was just a it was a different feeling, I guess, for to just kind of reiterate what I said to start the game.
1: And one of the things I think we're going to see throughout the course of this year is that teams are going to try to slow Arizona down. So, whereas in the past there's been you know, Arizona has been willing to play the tempo of the other team. I think I think a lot while Tommy Lloyd is there, you're going to see the opposition trying to go out of its way to see what it can do to negate Arizona's running game and Arizona's pace. And that's going to put some impetus on Arizona to be effective in the half court. But in terms of what Arizona wants to do, I think the Wildcats are obviously going to run a lot. They're going to push tempo. They're going to try to score on a consistent basis, and that seems to be the game plan. It's sort of Golden State-esque in that it looks like they may try to get about two runs a game. Uh, right. and, and and if you can get a 10 nothing run in the first half, 10 nothing run in the second half, all of a sudden you win games fairly convincingly. And, uh, you know, obviously this is a small sample size, but Arizona was off to a good start, and you can get a pretty quick idea of what it is they want to accomplish.
0: And just going position by position, there wasn't anything out there where you looked at and you said Arizona has a glaring weakness in a certain aspect right there. I mean, just look at it. Just look at it from the lead guard to the wings right there. I was incredibly impressed by some of the kids that I had no clue really what to expect. And, you know, let's start with a kid like Justin Kyer from Georgia, Georgia transfer, six foot five, making threes, finishing in the finishing in the transition He was a guy that uh, I had no clue what to expect. And again, I don't want to blow this out of proportion because again, this is a bad team that Arizona's playing, you know, relatively speaking, but the pieces certainly looked the part of a team that could do some things this year. Again, we've seen national title contenders. This is not what I'm trying to say right here, but this is a team that I think could be a back end top 25 team, at least from a talent perspective. They
1: could be a problem. Uh, and, and if they run the style that has been put into place, I think they're going to have fun being a problem. So Mm -hmm. I expect that we're going to see a lot of high scoring games. The issue with Arizona is going to be ultimately how deep they are. The issue is going to be what happens if Coloco gets into foul trouble. The issue is going to be, can they make a stop when it matters and how well do they run their half court? You know, that's, that, that's, I think going to be the theme throughout the course of the year, but. They're also going to be a team that based on the style of play, the up-tempo approach, looks like they're going to put a lot of pressure on the opposition. And that can be a problem throughout the course of the year.
0: Well, now let's go to let's go to some of the comments. And what makes this great is we want to have as much interaction as possible with all of you because you're all fantastic. If you're listening to the show, I think it goes without saying that you're fantastic and you're probably smarter than we are. So we take all of that. Luis Molina. I was uh, So I was sitting uh, with some of the people, uh, you know, sitting in the media section, and the first time that there was a zone defense thrown in, it was kind of like, eh, like, what are we looking at here exactly? <laughs> and, and, and it looked like Lloyd. And then, so I immediately pan over to Lloyd, and keep in mind, I'm wearing glasses, so it's not like I got, you know, 24, it, is 2040 vision better than 2020 vision?
1: No, it's not twice as good.
0: Or is it forty twenty? What whatever whatever the case may be.
1: So if you I'm watching twenty twenty is good. If you had twenty ten or twenty fifteen, you'd be dominating, even okay. more dominant than you already are. So you so, got your non twenty twenty vision, your non twenty ten vision. You're looking at Lloyd. You know what
0: I like though, watching Lloyd though, and watching the zone defense incorporated was that he was teaching throughout it. He was, you know, I can't remember who it was. I want to I want to say it was Ben Matherin, but I'm not totally sure. But he was just pointing at him, like basically indicating, hey, you need to slide over here in this situation. There wasn't any intimidation factor. It was very much of a teaching type situation. And I think we're going to get into that a little bit in the second segment. But just watching the zone thrown out there, though, also kind of showed you that I think you're going to have a coach that is going to mix and match his style to his personnel, not vice versa.
1: Yeah, there's no question about that. I think Lloyd looks to me like someone who belongs to the resourcefulness nature of what it is you ultimately want to accomplish based on the talent around you. A lot of college coaches are that way. There are a variety of ways to do things. And, you know, there are they, they can be equally effective depending on the talent that you have around you. Lloyd looks more L- Ludolson-esque in that he can mix and match and try to do different things based on what he thinks the talent's strength ultimately is. And one of those strengths I think we're going to see is that Arizona's going to try a variety of defenses from time to time. Totally understandable. Makes a lot of sense. The case for that is how good can they ultimately be? Now, we'll find out as the season moves along, you know, and in certain situations, ultimately whether Arizona can get a stop when it needs to late in a game against a team that has. A lot of talent. That's going to be the issue that we see. It's the issue at every level. And I think ultimately every coach would like to play man to man, but sometimes you don't necessarily have the talent to do it. One of the things I think we're also going to see is an Arizona team. And and my fear here, I believe, and I'm going to harp on this probably a lot throughout the course of the year. I think Coloco's is the most important player on the team. How so? And I, think, I, I knew and you I think, were going there. How so? I think, I think I think team, he's the one guy who I'm not sure Arizona has a solid backup. When he's off the floor, the cats aren't as big and don't have necessarily the defensive presence on the inside to be a problem, especially against larger, more talented teams. So if I was a team trying to scout Arizona, the first thing I would try to do, fairly early on is get Coloco into foul trouble and try to balance what might be an athletic uh, and athletic and a size advantage in that regard. When that happens, when Coloco does perhaps get into some foul trouble here and there, wouldn't surprise me to see Arizona play a lot of zone to try to protect him a little bit. And those are some of the strategic components during the course of the game that we didn't see uh, when Sean Miller was the coach here.
0: Okay, let's get to some of the comments here in just a
1: second. One thing, though, that I do want to
0: tell everybody out there about is DraftKings. You know what? Here's the deal. You put down $5 on an NFL game. If you win, you get $200 in free plays. Again, $200 in free plays. Doesn't get any better than that. One thing you might want to look at is you might want to bet on some of the overs coming into the season in Arizona basketball with what we saw because I think you're going to have a lot of games here where you're going to have games that are going to be in the 80s and the 90s. So that's something you might want to look at. One thing that you want to remember, though, if you got a gambling is- issue, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Eligibility restrictions do apply in the state. you got to be 21 and up, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details. And love having you guys all on here. We're going to get to all of your comments right here now. And that's the great thing about the AZ Wildcats podcast is we want to be as interactive as possible. And you know what? Let's start going. Anthony Jemino hopped in here, and we'll get some of Tony's takes here. And I'm sorry, Anthony, in just a minute. But Bear Down Ray said Arizona seems like a team that's going to. When it's going to go pedal to the metal, try to keep up. Now you covered and you were behind the scenes for a good percentage of the Lute Olson era, uh, shoe. What was Lute's mentality when it came to that? Everybody knew that Arizona ran, but was it basically, you know what? I got better players than you try to keep up. Was it that simple? Oh, without,
1: sure. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 coaches that go in with a style, that have an idea of what it is they want to accomplish. I think up tempo approaches obviously can be very effective. Olson was successful with it up in uh, Eugene. Uh, you mentioned Dana Altman earlier. Oregon has success being an up-tempo team. There are plenty of up-tempo examples out there. It looks as, Gonzaga is a great example of that. It looks like Tommy Floyd wants to do the, uh, Lloyd wants to do the same thing. Wow, that was the first time this year. The over-under on that was about six minutes. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Hopefully hopefully it's the last time I do that. Uh, But, um, you know, Arizona is going to try to push tempo, and I think they have an opportunity to do that uh, very effectively. And one of the, it's it's one of those give-and-take things, You saw what Arizona wants to do. Get a rebound, find an outlet guy, and go. Phil Lane's try to uh, have numbers down the floor, take advantage of that. They look like a pretty darn good passing team, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a nice thing to see. They also look like an unselfish team, which is an equally nice thing to see and something that works very well in an up-tempo style. What I'm going to be interested to see is how defenses try to defend the outlet pass to see if that can be effective in slowing Arizona down and then how Arizona adjusts accordingly from there. But that's down the road a little bit. In the short term, tonight as a very small sample size, grab the rebound, find one of your two outlet passes, get down the floor, see if you can get a three-on-two break or a two-on-one break, take advantage and score.
0: All right, Nick Howard um, says, I can't wait for the return of the run of death that Olsen teams were known for. And honestly, that was something that I was thinking about throughout the game. And for people out there that maybe didn't see some of the Lute Olsen era or, you know, whatever, uh, basically what he's saying is there was always a point in a game, well, not always, but generally a point where Arizona would hit you with a 20-4 to run. A, and this happened a lot of times in McHale. Sometimes it happened on the road. Allen Fieldhouse with Salim Stoudemire is certainly an example where, But and it, w- it was debilitating because, yes, we already know that Arizona's got better players than us, and oh, by the way, we were just up six, and now we're down 12. That is the kind of basketball that I think that people here are kind of accustomed to, and honestly, Shu, it's an intimidating style of basketball when you know that that can hit you at any point.
1: And if it hits you on two occasions during the game, you'll have you'll be in danger of getting blown out of the building. This is something if you look at the and and there's a significant difference right now between where Gonzaga is, utilizing last year's excellent Gonzaga team as an example, and where Arizona wants to be, and where Arizona is right now. But Gonzaga was a great example of this last year. You'd play them close, play them close for about 35 minutes. They'd go on a over the course of two or three minutes it'd be 16 to four the game's done they do it one more time in the second half forget it it's over and those are the sorts of things that uh lloyd is going to try to implement at arizona and i think he's got the approach that can do that okay now let's get to our guy anthony
0: gemino some people call him something else we don't all right he said we loved tire. what's that yeah we do we <laughs> do we do we do but uh when uh, he said, I loved Kyer's post-game TV interview, he said, Lloyd was calm and he appreciated the coach giving players freedom, the anti shawn Two things here. First and foremost, when I watch, I get being intense, but it also felt that there were a lot of times with Miller, and again, Miller did some very, very good things here. I'm not making him out like he was, you know, like he didn't win a lot of games, but there were so many times where it almost looked like the team wasn't playing with any freedom because quite frankly, they weren't. And you have a coach that was screaming over there. I watched Tommy Lloyd for a a good percentage of the game, and he never really lost his cool. He everything seemed to be kind of a teaching moment, and I'm telling you that matters with kids. I really think it does because nobody was looking over there nervous like, oh gosh, he's gonna he's gonna just unload on me right now. Everything was even if a kid messed up, it was. You could clearly see him pointing, saying, don't do that, whatever, but do this. Everything was said with a purpose of improvement, Schuster.
1: Mike, did you get the feeling that the players liked it?
0: Yes. Very much so. Mm -hmm. Very much so. It looked like a free group of guys out there, yes.
1: Yeah, so the transition period that you always wonder what's going to happen— you were recruited by one coach, you're playing under another coach. How is that going to work out? And it right. appeared it appeared based on this again very small sample uh, that Lloyd's ability to communicate and Arizona's willingness to force tempo uh, bodes well for them and and that the players seem to enjoy themselves. And there appears to be in the early stages a lot of camaraderie. They know mm-hmm. that there are going to be a lot of possessions, and as a result, there are going to be a lot of touches for a lot of players. And they get statistics. Uh, you know, they're going to get individual statistics as a re- as a result of that. Additionally, I think Lloyd's calm approach, at least in the early stages of communication of those teaching moments, seems to resonate very well too. So that combination, I think, bodes well, folks probably, generally speaking, feel pretty good and maybe even a little bit excited about what they saw out of the new Arizona tonight.
0: Yes, the new Arizona. Now, let's talk about the new Arizona, and I think the guy that encapsulates that a lot is Christian Coloco because he's fascinating for me on a multitude of different levels. Sean Seeley is asking, is Coloco an NBA player? Not prepared to go that far yet, but one thing, though, that I will say is that He looked, he looks huge out there. I mean, shoot, he looks, he's seven foot one. He looks like he's about seven foot six. Now, granted, he's going against guys that are six foot seven, but he's got supreme length. He's seven one. And like you said, when he wasn't in the game, Arizona, there was a distinct difference. Arizona was still athletic on the wings but it was a little undersized. It was more scrappy down low as opposed to when Coloco was in there. I think there was far more of an intimidation factor.
1: Yeah. Coloco has the, uh, I think, I think there's a very, you you're a better NBA scout. Coloco
0: looks like an Oregon player.
1: Yeah. And that's a good thing to have. Uh, And, and he's, and again, the important aspect of that is that he's the only guy on the roster who fills that void. Right. And, and, and so one of the, one of the issues I think Arizona is going to have this year uh, especially when Coloco is not on the floor, is that they're going to be maybe a position undersized up and down the roster. And what I mean by that is that you're going to have someone who ought to be a four playing a five, somebody who ought to be a three playing a four, maybe somebody who ought to be a two playing a three. They're going to be like one notch out of position and the really talented teams are going to be able to take advantage of that. The only guy Arizona has on the roster who fits the role of being an interior presence, is Coloco. And it was really good to see that he felt comfortable out there. Is he going to have problems catching passes occasionally? Yeah, he is. But he can get rebounds. He can, even if he isn't deflecting shots per se, even if he isn't blocking shots, he can make shots a little bit more difficult. And if he can get rebounds or... People have to focus on him. Then other folks can get rebounds. They can move up and down the floor and maybe take advantage on the fast break. I think he's a very important player for Arizona this year. And again, not that I want to give anything away, but if I was the opposition, he'd be the first person I tried to focus on to get out of the game.
0: Well, wait a second here. You're assuming that Arizona's future opponents aren't watching, are watching this. Next one point. And sure. I'm not. I'm not sure that we want to give away the AZ Wildcats breakdown of how we would go at Arizona. But you know what? If you're smart enough, if you're a coach from Michigan and you're listening right now, you're probably smart enough to be able to take that. You're also probably smart enough to be on DraftKings. Code word PHNX. Put down five bucks. You get it uh, on any NFL game. You get two hundred dollars in free plays if you win. Code word PHNX. Again i do it. John Schuster does it. Let's be honest. You all know somebody out there that does it. And you know what? They're probably happy with the results. Make it happen. It's really that easy. Draft, K- Draft Kings, code word PHNX. You got great deals going on. All right. Now let's get to some of these comments here. Sure. Where All right. Now a lot of people are, I think in another way too, that, no, excuse me, Scott. Sorry. I was looking for another one. Um, and Scott, we love you. Sorry. Um, But Bob says, I think Tommy will do great recruiting wise. His style is appealing. I don't think it will pick up until the NCAA is done with this. To me, it's to me, the Lloyd recruiting factor is going to be different than the Miller, because the one thing about Miller is that he was able to sell kids, depending on how you want to look at it, um, (laughs) on a vision that may or may not exist. I always tell this story. Um, when I was interviewing Josh green, when he was coming to the U of a, I asked him, I said, what do you like about Arizona? And he said, I just love that they're up and down. Everything seems like it's an alley-oop fast break dunk. They get up and down. Now, of course, none of that ever happened, but you know, Sean Miller was able to sell kids that that, that occurs. I don't know that Lloyd has maybe necessarily that type of persuasion. I think Lloyd's going to be a guy that's going to be able to (laughs) say. I think Lloyd's going to be a guy that's going to be able to say, listen, you don't have to take my word for it. Watch what we're doing out here. And I think this season is going to be very important in that regard.
1: The program sells itself. The right. style sells itself. After a while, you see, oh, okay, this is what they want to do, and they're serious about it. They right. aren't messing around. And so for... Uh, pop on, you that- don't have
0: to be here type thing.
1: Yeah folks are, who are considering the U of A as an option. Uh, and I think Boog uh, Boog's combination was uh, pretty interesting there, In reg- or, or comment there was interesting in regards to what he said about the NCAA sanctions uh, and and so forth. And I think that's that's a very important point and something to uh, take into account. But as this season moves along, I think there are going to be a lot of kids out there who like the idea uh, they're going. They're already familiar with the Arizona brand, but they're going to like the idea of how Arizona legitimately plays. And Lloyd's sales approach is, as you said, Mike, just pop on a pop on a game, pop on a tape. We're readily available out there. This is what we're doing now. This is what we're going to do with you, and that's a right. good thing.
0: Mm-hmm. And it always and- seemed to to kind of you know harken back a little bit to the Lute Olson era. It seemed that Lute always kind of had a big man that came in raw that he developed. And by the time that he was a junior or a senior, he was ready to contribute. And I think of a guy like an AJ Bramlett, be honest with you, shoe when AJ Bramlett came in, I watched him and heck, even in the national title run for the first half of the season, I'm like, dude, this guy sucks. Like what in the world are we doing? You, you got to figure something out here. And this is before the transfer portal. So it's not like you could just go pick somebody up. And lo and behold, by the time A.J. Bramlett's done here, he's an all-conference caliber guy. He leads the NCAA tournament in rebounding on the way to a national title. Jordan Hill, another kid, came in here, and you could tell that he had a lot of potential, but it was going to take a while. By the time he's a junior, and granted, this was under someone else's tutelage, I think we need to give Kevin O'Neill a good, good percentage of, of that credit right there. But... Well, if anyone's
1: going to give Kevin O'Neill credit, it's going to be Mike Luke.
0: It's going to be um, it's going to be that one for sure. Um, I think the the one thing, though, that I look at is Coloco has a little bit of that type of feel. Again, came in under a different coach, but kind of feels like a guy that might have sat on the Olsen bench because you're dealing with top five, top 10 teams. And you know what? By the time he's a junior, we're sitting here talking about right now about how John Schuster thinks he's one of the most indispensable players on the team.
1: Yeah. I, I, you know, we'll see how that plays out. But right now, what you need to do, and I think Lloyd recognizes this, is that you allow players to play within their skill set and they don't have to overthink the process. For instance, one of the things that I really don't think Arizona's offense is going to do is run a lot of plays for Christian Coloco. What Coloco is going to do is rebound the basketball, find an outlet pass, and let other people take advantage of that situation. On the other end, play good defense. If there's a possession on the offensive end where he gets the rebound, if the shot's there and he gets an easy look at it, great. If he doesn't kick it out, run the offense again, that's fine. He's not going to be a key component as far as who's doing what offensively. And I think we saw a lot of that tonight. There may have been two plays that were actually run for him. He can be available in certain obvious situations if the defense leaves him open, but he's more a scrappy guy who's going to extend possessions on the offensive end. And on the defensive end, he's just going to get rebounds and uh, make shots a little bit more difficult. That's his job. It's relatively simple. You don't have to go through, okay, Coloco needs to be in this part of the floor. He needs to be in that part of the floor. He's going to be there. They're going to post up to Coloco. No, they're not. And right now, no, they shouldn't. That's not <laughs> we're not that, buying that. that. <laughs> that's not that's not what needs to happen. So, you know, at this point, make it simple and play to his strengths. And if Lloyd does that and he's comfortable doing that at this stage, then you can build a little bit as the season moves along. And at least in the early stages, what we saw out of Coloco and it Clearly a bunch of other people on the Arizona roster as well, including some of those newcomers. You touched on one. I thought the Aiken kid looked really good too. Fantastic. Uh, so, so Arizona has some pieces here that they can work with. Um, but, you know, there's, they're still at the college level, especially early in the season as you're trying to put a new system, a bunch of new kids together. Trying Simplicity works. And trying to allow athleticism to, you know, trying to allow kids to play to their athleticism and utilize some fairly simplistic tenets to get there, I think is very beneficial. You don't have to overthink this at this stage. Let them be comfortable with the foundation. And then as this season progresses start to build a little bit, and hopefully you get better as a team once you get into January, February, and maybe a run in March.
0: And to answer Nick's question right here, I think Schuster and I are kind of in agreement right here. Lloyd is going to have to change how recruits view the Arizona brand. I think this is the type of team right here, and to just kind of reiterate what we were saying, that you know what, just watch how we play. Because I think this team is going to win a lot of games. Again, yeah, I don't I agree. I don't there are a couple think- reasons for that. Go ahead. I don't think, yeah, I don't think that this, listen, in the pecking order right now, they're not going to be better than UCLA or Oregon, but I 100% think that they can challenge for that third spot. You and I have watched enough college basketball over the years to be able to uh, discern what we're looking at, if we're looking at a top 25 team or not. And generally, like, give you an idea. Last year I watched Arizona, and I did not think that that was a top 25 team at any point. And this year, this this team just looked this team just looked good. I think what's a little bit different too is that you mentioned guys like Kim Aiken. Kim Aiken can obviously play. Justin Kyer can obviously play. Benedict Matherin can play. Daylon Terry can play. Azulis Tabellas can play. Christian
1: Coloco can play.
0: Kerr Criso, we got to see more, but he can obviously play. I just named seven or eight guys right there. Yeah, that exactly. And
1: that's good depth at the college level. That
0: just aren't, and they're not just roster filler. I mean, it always seems like, you know, with teams that are kind of fringe top 25 teams, that there's a Daniel Dillon in there, or there's a, you know, sorry, Daniel, you were a scholarship player and, you know, you're better than I ever was. So take that. But there always felt like a guy that shouldn't really be out there, but you're just having to put him out there and hope he didn't get abused. I didn't really see that from this Arizona team shoe. I saw a bunch of guys that looked like they belonged out there.
1: One of the things that I also think is Going to be interesting, even though you mentioned that you think Oregon's a better team. UCLA is coming off a of Final Four and has most of that roster back. I get both of those things, but don't you come in now circling those games on the calendar? No doubt. Don't you want to see Arizona and Oregon and Arizona and UCLA? Hundred percent. Yeah, because and that that there there are some there there are some now now based on the way Arizona wants to play. I think there's going to be a fair amount of entertaining games that we see in the future.
0: Yes, I would agree with that entirely. One thing too, and you haven't seen him yet, Shu. Um, a great spot here by Luis Molina. Pella Larson is a uh, Utah transfer. Just a little bit of background on him: he led the uh, he led the Pac-12 in three point shooting last year as a freshman, averaged ten points a game, and he's got a forty inch vertical. He's a guy that's going to play a lot. And uh, Tommy Lloyd talked about it during his one of his opening pressers that. Um, this is a kid that is going to be, that's going to play a lot. So we didn't even see him out there and he's probably a guy that's going to start at some point. So that just adds a little bit more to the depth and Scott Schlittenhardt just kind of, he just threw that on there as well, that there's some players, there's some options for Tommy Lloyd.
1: Yeah. And again, as this season moves along, we'll see if they exceed expectations, but I think they're going to be fun in the process. And uh, we got we got a lot to learn and a lot of uh, uh, some really entertaining games, I think, ahead of us. Uh, you talked kind of in passing about uh, some of the over-under possibilities with Arizona, and I think you're right. That's one of those things that you maybe want to jump on early. Arizona's going to score a lot of points uh, early on in this year. The depth is good. They've got some offensive threats. And with a kid like Larson, if you're leading the conference in three-point shooting at a place where you're one of the few offensive options, imagine the potential there if you're the guy who has the open look because teams, because you're moving the ball around really well and teams are, uh, you know, having to focus on some other guys, guy who can make threes already gets more open threes. That That's good news for the U of A.
0: Yeah, Sean Seeley, I think, just hit on another great point right here. And honestly, you guys are all making great points. I can't thank you all enough for contributing here. You're uh you you make your guys are a huge part of this. He says Dalen Terry is another guy I'm excited about. He really likes getting up and down. The Tommy Lloyd offense is going to work great for him. Now, Shu, there's a little bit, I, I can give you a little bit of background here because I you're more of a college basketball than following the recruiting game, obviously. And this is, this is a kid that came in here who was kind of a little bit of a late developer, six foot six, incredibly long, can't really shoot, but he's a pretty good ball handler. He's a pretty good passer. He can defend. He's got a lot of Rondé Hollis Jefferson light qualities to him. And I think a guy like Tommy Lloyd, and I think this goes to Sean's point, is going to be able to really accentuate those positives because it's different than with Miller, where I felt everything with Miller was you have to do this. There was really no flexibility where I think a guy like Tommy Lloyd can look at it. And obviously Mark few when he was at Gonzaga and say, okay, this guy can do a lot of different stuff. We don't have to try to push something out there that he can't do. Let's take advantage of what he can do.
1: That's exactly correct. And at the college level, you know, especially when you have to piecemeal some different things here and there uh, and try to figure out how to put, teams together kind of on the fly uh, and you got a lot of pieces moving in a lot of pieces moving out i think the transfer portal you're going to see a lot of this i think there's going to be generally speaking as the years move along a lot of ugly college basketball in december and january before things start to get a little bit more aesthetically pleasing as teams get together but you're right if you can figure out what it is a player's skill set is then accentuate that and and it feels like lloyd recognizes that And then I think that's something that can also give kids a lot of confidence. Uh, Then they can then they feel comfortable in a weird way moving out of their comfort zone, hopefully taking leaps to be more well-rounded players. But do what you do well. Put players in positions to where they can succeed as well as possible and then build from there.
0: The great thing about uh, being here at uh, the AZ Wildcats podcast and go PHNX is that they've given me the freedom to be able to have people on here that I truly do respect. And I consider mentors. John Schuster is one of those guys. Um, if you had any idea the thousands of hours that I've picked his brain on, on just, uh, you know, neat, <laughs> needless stuff that he certainly didn't need to answer. You would be amazed. Uh, Anthony Gimino, on, obviously on here for football, he might be joining us for some basketball here as well. He reached out a little bit, so we'll see there. But
1: and, I look forward uh, to Tony's takes.
0: I, I we're, we're going to have a whole section section called Tony's takes. But everybody on everybody on here, bear down, Ray, Luis Molina, Sean Seeley, Nick Howard. Um, Bear oh, down, rate.
1: Contributions Ray. Well, are outstanding and very much appreciated.
0: Yeah, right? I mean, all all up and down the list. I mean, this is absolutely fantastic, and this is one hundred percent what we're trying. You know, obviously, we're trying to go for Nick Howard, Bob, you know, F. Scott Schlittenhart. Everybody goes. This all goes without saying. And I'll just leave it on this note, shoe. That again, it's an exhibition game. Get all that, but this is also a team, though that looked. I was very, if you were to ask me just how they looked, if you were to ask me, you know, what I thought going into what I see, I came away very happy with what I
1: saw. Mike, in the early stages, and this is as early as it gets from the early stages standpoint, it's the coach's first game. Yeah, it's an exhibition and the rest of it. But as far generally speaking as I am concerned, what you want to see is do you know, can you tell what it is? A coach is trying to accomplish what is what's their style, what's their brand, how are? what is it they're going to try to do well. It took you all of 17 (laughs) seconds to figure out what it is that Arizona is going to try to accomplish and how they're going to go about it. And you have to feel positive about the long term benefits of that.
0: Yep. So here's what the week looks for, you guys, before we all sign off right here. And uh, Nick Howard, we basically were just talking quite a bit about uh, what we liked, some of the individual. The podcast will be up here shortly as well, so you guys can all check that out. But later on in the week, we're going to have uh, Dennis Binay, south Point coach, talking about uh, Arizona not recruiting very well to his school and previous administrations. We've got Dalen Terry, the man of the hour, coming on Thursday. We got our guy, Tony Jamino helping me out with the post-game show Saturday. And then guess what? You get more John Schuster in your life because Arizona's first game of the season is November 9th. You're going to be seeing a lot of John Schuster and myself. So again, for everybody out there, I, I can't say this enough, but it really does. It, it means a lot to all of us. And you know what? We are going to be back with you. Well, I'll be back with you in, um, on Wednesday. And Schuster will be back next week, as will Tony. And, uh, again, we thank you guys all for John Schuster. I'm Mike Luke. Thanks for listening to the AZ wildcats podcast.